Are you curious about bodies, pleasure, and possibilities? And what about curious about what others are up to on the planet when it comes to pleasure, sex, and play? Have you considered what pleasure can do for your life, your body, and your bank account? Do you know something magical, delightful, and out of this world orgasmic is not only possible for you, but totally available to you? If you're ready to be the magical, sexual, sexy beast you know you can be, and you just need the tools to get there, you're in the right place. Now, here's the host of The Pleasure Zone, sensual movement artist, relationship and sex alchemist, Milica Yelenich. <laughs> Welcome to The Pleasure Zone, my sweet, sweet pleasure seekers. Tonight, we're having a fun day working with our own brains, getting things on track. It's all good. Uh, so for those of you who've never listened to this show before and you just walked in because you like, hey, that's a cool title of a podcast, The Pleasure Zone. I wonder if they're going to talk about pleasure. Yep, we are going to talk about pleasure. And we're going to talk about brains actually today because our brains have like the greatest pleasure zone of all times. It's actually a pleasure center called the nucleus accumbens. And it's like the sexiest part of our bodies. I know that all of you were like the sexiest part of our bodies should be like the penis and the clitoris because they have like so many nerve endings. But without the nucleus accumbens, it wouldn't matter. So it's part of what releases all that great dopamine when you're getting turned on and you're like, your body feels good. Well, that's what we're, we're going to be talking about that fun, fun part of our brains tonight. And I love that. So when one of the title, what the title is of this show is why don't I want sex with my lover? And the reason I, I put this title out there is because for so many people, they have gone through so many things. They might have gone through therapy. They might have gone through hormone testing. They might have, you know, gone through a seance and even gone through, you know, and gotten like the Neemans removed from their bodies. Like, you never know. You might have literally done everything in the world. And you're like, but I love my lover. I love my spouse. I love my boyfriend or girlfriend or friend or whatever you love them but you're not feeling turned on by them and you feel bad about it and why is that and like if you're sitting there wondering like what's wrong with me that I am not turned on by my own lover well tonight we're gonna find out that it's that special part of your brain that could be part of the contributing factor to why you're not turned on by your lover even though you love them, right? So sometimes the factor is that there's some, you know, you could love them, but you're resenting them in the moment and there's some unhealed issues. We'll get into some details on that for sure about how that all affects your brain as well. So for those of you who are listening and have never heard of me before, my name is Melitza Yelenich and I work with bodies. One of the my favorite things to do in the world is work with bodies to have them have more pleasure and more ease. And I do that through different modalities, whether it's through my holistic health practice or through sex and intimacy coaching or a combination of both. My target is to get you to have a much happier life. And the, the main reason why I do this work is because I didn't have such a freaking happy life growing up. I grew up with a lot of like 
different traumas. And um, even into my 20s, I had some pretty intense traumas. So I looked for solutions. And what I bring to the table are solutions that I have not only studied, but the ones that I've taken into action and that I feel worked for me are the ones that I also bring to the table. So I do love doing research as well and just offering you information, which is a lot of fun. A lot of my shows will also offer you different things like tools and different uh, methods so that you can actually start to begin to heal yourself. Now, I don't always recommend that you do all of the process on your own. I didn't do all of the process on my own and I still don't to this day. I have my I have my coaches, I have my dear friends, I have my people that I can rely on. And um, I, I also have uh, a lot of curiosity, so I'll find resources. If I don't happen to have a resource that I need, I will find a resource. So. Uh, my my thing is that if you're listening to this show, you're not only a pleasure seeker, you're also a seeker for something greater in your life. And probably if you read the description of this show, you were probably thinking, that's me. And I really want to know why don't I want to have sex with my lover? Because I actually love my lover and I don't have any good reason for that. So what are my reasons? Oh, and I'm sure that for some of you that you're looking around at some of your reasons and you're wondering what, what are some of my reasons for not feeling attracted to my lover? Could it be that I don't love them anymore? Like maybe I don't love them. Maybe I don't know how I feel about them. That's possible. The truth is it's bigger and broader than that. It involves internal stressors and external stressors. So let's talk about some things first that could be some internal stressors. So some internal stressors are things that emotionally maybe we haven't dealt with. Like if you are constantly concerned about, um, say, loved ones who are sick or dying in hospital or something, and all your thoughts and all your energy is directed towards somebody who's very ill, it can even be a caregiver for somebody who's older or somebody even who's younger. It doesn't really matter the age of the person. It's that you're expending your energy on someone else all the time. And that's not a bad thing. It's probably what you need to do to, to help yourself feel good about, you know, your choices and who you're with too. Like if you're looking after somebody because you love them, that's fantastic. It also does expend a lot of energy and it can be highly stressful. And being in an environment where you're always looking after people who are sick um, can also be really tough as well. So people who are in positions like, um, like nurses and doctors, they're in highly stressful positions. And if you're working even at a job where you're underpaid and overworked, that burnout can also create um, an issue. So burnout and stress are different. We've talked about that on this show before. Burnout is underworked, uh, overworked, underappreciated, and stressed is where you're uh, just on high all the time, like highly high. And stress can be the the antidote to burnout. So um, yeah, so that that was on another show. So feel free to go back and listen to that. So what are some other internal stressors? So when I look at my own personal life, I've had internal stressors of things where 
um, maybe I hadn't resolved some emotional issues that were even from from childhood. So if I go all the way back into my childhood, some of my internal stressors that I had growing up were poverty. Uh, they were also um, poverty stumped me because that covered a lot of the basis. But so poverty abandonment was another big issue. I always felt very abandoned. Um, and I wasn't getting and it wasn't the fault of my parents. They were just, they didn't really know. They weren't really able to fulfill my love language because people weren't using that, those words at the time. And, and a lot of parents still to this day don't really look at love languages as something that you also use with your children, use with your friends. Um, it's not just about your lover. So knowing people's love languages is super helpful in being able to deliver their love language. Now, my parents um, were very mixed on their, my parents didn't live together either. So I, I was in a um, divorced home. So that was stressful for me. I was that kid who was at the doctor, like every time I'd go to visit my dad, I would need to go to the doctor. And I would have stomach cramps all the time. My stomach hurt, not just from the food I was eating that I really didn't want to eat, but I also was like, there was no choice. Um, it was that or you don't eat. And so that was hard on my guts. And so physically it wasn't conducive, but also I could feel as, as like a super empathic kid, I could feel my dad's stress and I could feel his all of the stuff he was going through and his sadness I could feel my mom's as well but my mom was able to um, find outlets and find she was much more functional um, she worked a hell of a lot more and she was a lot more functional so she found sources and she found people and she found a support system too that worked and my dad had a support system per se but my dad has a really great way of um, creating um, what's the word for tension he creates a lot of tension so it can be hard to be around um, it's one of his massive talents in this life he laughs at me when I tell him stuff like that when I'm like dad your talent is actually creating stress so there you go so so um, being in that though as a kid was really uh, hard on my body right and so when I look all the way back some of the when those stressors reignite or when I, I recognize them in my life now if something for example reminds me of abandonment then that stressor comes up and I have to be really present with it or it can literally take over my internal environment where I can be like well um uh, okay, so I'm going to give you a, a comparison. So in my 20s, I dated somebody and if if they, and I feel for them. So if you're out there, Nick, I apologize <laughs> for, for all of it. I apologize for all of it if you're listening. So um, I was not very kind to, to that um, that particular boyfriend. And a lot of it was so so much unresolved stuff with my own family and my own childhood that I was feeling like everything um, every fight would lead to I thought every fight led to abandonment I thought every fight led to breakups I thought like um, and and I was and I only way I knew how to relate to people was from what I had learned from my parents and one was runaway which is what my mom would do is do the runaway and what my dad would do would be be aggressively at times very vocal and 
so they had exactly the opposite styles of dealing with things. And I happened to take on both, which was tricky. <laughs> for, for anybody to be in a relationship with me was tricky. Um, a lot better now, but I still can see those things niggle up. So those internal stressors, they could be really old. They don't even have to be current stressors. They could be stressors that you've had in your life forever. And what those stressors do is they actually affect the part of your brain that's your pleasure center called your nucleus accumbens. And when you're under that kind of level of stress, the dopamine does not release from your so dopamine, not that it just releases from your nucleus accumbens, but it's it's a, um, a contributor. So when it starts to release, then, you know, if it doesn't release, then you're going to feel quite um, depressed. You're going to feel kind of sad. You're not going to have all these kicks that help you feel good. For those of you who want to know about things like dopamine and serotonin and um, like those happy hormones, I actually have a course on on uh, the on my Teachable platform that you can find through my website, melitzajelanik.com. Under my classes, if you scroll through there, if you click on the uh, finding out more information about the classes, you'll be taken directly to find out about the, the uh, Happiness Hormones Club that um, I created with my mom in the spring. It's a, I love it. I think it's a great course. Gives you all kinds of things in order to increase uh, all your four happy hormones. So dopamine is one of them. So the back to the nucleus accumbens. So we have internal and external stressors that affect the nucleus accumbens. And we know that there's actually been research done. I don't have the name of the researchers offhand, but I remember hearing about a particular research study that was, um, there were uh, different environments and then different stimuli uh, to specific stimulation to the um to the nucleus accumbens. I don't know if they did this in people or if they did it in rats, but let's just go with, um, I'm gonna just give you scenarios and, and tell it as a story rather than as a research paper because I don't wanna get the information. I don't wanna give you the incorrect information, but I wanna give you the gist of it. So what we know is um, so far from research though, is that there are two parts of the nucleus accumbens, the upper and the lower. And the upper part normally when stimulated under like normal circumstances, if you stimulate the upper part of the nucleus accumbens, you're gonna have a lot of happy motivation oriented feelings, feel really good about things and even feel a little turned on. And if you stimulate the lower part of the nucleus accumbens, which uh, in a normal environment with no other stimuli is gonna actually create a sort of a sad or a low feeling. So, then if you change the environments, you can change environments up where you could be in the, say you're in a really, really um, peaceful environment and loving and kind and contributive to your body and things that you really love, smells that you like, environment that you like, the lighting that you like, the sounds that you like. And then you have the lower part of your nucleus accumbens stimulated. So that's the part that you should normally be turned off by. If you have that part stimulated under those grand circumstances, you'll actually be turned on. 
And so we'll talk a little bit more about some other effects of stimulating the nucleus accumbens, but we'll first we're going to go to break. So you're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network, and we'll be right back after this commercial. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melitza Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email info at melitzayelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, my sweet pleasure seekers. Tonight we're talking about your sexy, sexy brain and why is it that you might not be turned on by your lover. I know I went into a bit of a story uh, earlier about internal stressors, and that is because they have a major factor in why you might be not turned on by your lover. So taking stock and starting to understand what some of your internal stressors are. Now, I mentioned internal stressors of my own from my past, and that might trigger some reminders for you, some that you might still have lying around if you've never really looked at them. Or, you know, some other stressors could even include things like, um, like poverty is definitely a stressor. So even it could be a current thing where you might be stressed about finances, you might be stressed, which is really high for people these days. Um, and it's a funny thing because I think it's also a naturally protective thing um, in our bodies that if we aren't turned on, if say for example, if we're stressed about finances and we're not feeling um, financially stable and our body won't get turned on, then our natural inclination to have sex, which could create, you know, a child, which could increase the debt, increase the stress, um, is lowered. So our desire to actually have sex is lowered because the natural process of that is, you know, you know, instinctively is usually for reproduction. 
it is also in humans, luckily, we're lucky that it can also just be for pleasure because we're lucky that way. And yay, clitoris is for pleasure. <laughs> but, um, you know, the, the true drive will start to diminish a lot when this when there are a lot of internal and external stressors. So um, internal stressors being all the things that we're feeling, but they can also be things that are physically going on inside your body. Like there can be, you know, if you are experiencing things like uh, heart disease, or, you know, even if you're having a really bad infection or inflammation somewhere or pain inside your body, your chances of being turned on are much lower. Now, here's the weird thing, right? If you're feeling really sick and you go somewhere to be looked after and you're in a calm environment and you're in like a space where you like the smells and you like the surroundings and you can relax what happens your body starts to calm down right and then it can start to release um some some dopamine into your nucleus accumbens so it's not that your nucleus accumbens releases it it's that it's released into it so um yeah so then you start to feel good, right? So that's that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And uh, yeah, so the dopamine is released into the nucleus accumbens because it's like part of the reward system. And so if you're in a place where you're feeling like pretty good and you know your home, like like okay, so you're not feeling well, you're feeling sick, but you're in an environment where you're feeling looked after and you know things are taken care of. Um, like the other day, I was having some really interesting things going on with my body. And it was like, <laughs> I was like, kind of barking demands because I needed my environment to be um, really calm for me. So I was like, can you do the dishes? Can you put the food away? Can you do this? Because I, I actually was um, experiencing such a level of pain. But I also know the crazy thing is I know enough that I know what's actually going to calm down my body to be able to heal as well. So I know what needed to be done in my environment. And I was like, okay, I need this smell in the house to change. Do this. I need this to change. Do this. I need the lighting to change. Do this. So I, I could at least, as much as I couldn't do much in terms of movement, I could um, give the commands and give the orders that I knew was going to assist my body, right? So some some certain environmental factors can be highly stressful and when your body is experiencing pain these things can be even more stressful like bright lights and loud noises can be incredibly stressful when your body is um you know when you when your body is not feeling well so we talked about some of before break, we talked about three different scenarios of how, you know, if your nucleus accumbens is being stimulated in the upper part, the lower part, and then the lower part being stimulated in a happy environment, that it can actually start to shift and that you can become turned on if the environment starts to shift, right? So sometimes those external environmental factors can start to calm down the internal uh, situation as well that's going on. Now, one of the interesting things about this this um, story is that if you could go into the same environment, and if you could go into it, if you had your upper part, <laughs> she's trying to get all these combinations out for you. So if you had the upper part of your nucleus accumbens stimulated, and you walked into, and so that's supposed to be the happy 
um, the happy space, right? Where everything feels good and it's like a turn on. But if you have that uh, stimulated and you walk into a highly um, obnoxious space where loud noises, um, lights flashing, colors, crazy things going off, smells that are uh, really intrusive and like all like all of your senses are being overly stimulated it doesn't matter how much your upper part of your nucleus accumbens is being stimulated you are not going to be able to get aroused so i hope that story kind of helps give an understanding that that there are times when no matter no matter uh, what you're trying to do in your brain and your, you know, even if your brain was manually stimulated, that if the environment is highly stressful for you, until you leave the environment, nothing is going to change. Yeah, so you're gonna be under duress and duress does not lead to turn on. It doesn't lead to happiness either. So it's always good to check your environment. Now those environment things could be the loud noises. Like if you live with somebody who yells all the time, that's the equivalent of having like obnoxious loud noises going off, right? Um, you know, I'm not, I don't like the smell of cigarettes. So if I lived with somebody who smoked in the house all the time, my husband doesn't smoke at all, but the, the smell of cigarettes would be so like obnoxious for me that I would have a hard time being around it. Um, doesn't help that I'm highly allergic to it. So uh, there are certain things that could just throw you off, right? Where no matter no matter how you were feeling five minutes before, you could have been turned on, and you walk into this environment that's a that is so obnoxious, you will be so turned off so fast. Yeah. So so I bring this up because I've had people say, well you know, I've tried everything with my partner, like we went on holidays and, and that just, you know, we even had like quiet time to ourselves. And I'm like, okay, well, you might have had quiet time to yourselves. But internally, did you still have all these worries? And were some of the worries like, did you, sometimes people like go away on holiday to try and um, resolve an issue. Say there was cheating in, in the marriage or something and it's like the couple is like oh we're gonna go away and we're gonna try and reconcile this and we're just gonna spend time together and that's gonna cure this but the thing is you're you're heading off on a vacation with mistrust already in as part of the internal environment you've got um, anger as part of the internal environment possible retaliation like all, all these emotions that are running in the internal environment and stresses and all these other things and possibly like abandonment issues and all this other stuff. So it doesn't matter in that point, really, if, if those internal things are not resolved, it's like being in that obnoxious space with noises going off, but it's internal and those noises are going off inside of you the whole time. So that nucleus accumbens of yours is going to be that lower part is gonna be on overdrive where you're not feeling turned on. And even if you tried to turn on at this point, it wouldn't happen. It would be that totally stressful environment. So when you think, well, why can't I get turned on my partner? I want you to first check what's going on inside. Like, what, do you, what are you actually feeling? When was the last time, what were maybe the last, or not even the last, because maybe the last ones weren't so great. What were your, 
favorite three times of having sex with your lover? And what did you feel like? What was your internal environment like? What was your external environment like? So what was the setting? Like, were you in a, like a chalet? Did you have a nice fire going? Was it beautiful? Was, you know, did you have other certain things that like the lighting? Did you have no children in your life at the time? Did you have no debt in your life at the time? Like all of these things that we don't think about, it's weird, but they all affect how much, um, how much we can actually be not only present with our partner, because that's important, um, but also have your brain present enough to be turned on. So you could you could try and stimulate somebody's you know, pleasure zones that are that are the ones you've been thinking about, like the penis, the clitoris, nipples, all things like that. You could absolutely try to do that. But if that person's angry with you, uh, or you know, if you're angry and you're, you know, and you're trying to have sex too, you're not going to get turned on. So this is why in all of my shows I talk about number one thing is communication. And sometimes in order to get to that level of, of being able to be turned on, you have to allow people to either process their stuff or talk about it in some way, communicate it so that you can get down to the root of what's going on and you can resolve it. So, you know, you might think about when, you know, the great sex I've had, this last, you know, the three great times I've had sex in my life. But I'd also like you to look at the three times in your life that you had really crappy sex and what those environments were like and what were you feeling internally about the, what was going on at the time for that as well. This breakdown of how did you feel when you were having great sex and how did you feel when you were having not great sex are gonna be really helpful in determining for you what kind of environment you like, what kind of things you need internally, what kind of connection you need to your partner in order to feel turned on, in order for your nucleus accumbens to be working with you, right? So how about you think about that during the commercial break? If you write some things down during the commercial and you're wondering, what do I do with this now? You can always connect with me or come back, listen to the next part of the show, and we'll go through some things that you can do with this list. So you can connect with me through milicajelenic.com, M-I-L-I-C-A-J-E-L-E-N-I-C.com. At the bottom of my um, page, you'll find a book now. So you can click on that link and you can book a 15-minute session with me. I, I gift the first 15 minutes to see if we're a fit. And uh, we can go from there. So you're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network. And we'll be right back after this commercial. Are you secretly a voyeur wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melitza Yelenich where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for the Pleasure Zone with Melitza 
every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Interested in masturbating for money, copulating for consciousness, and pleasuring on purpose? 21 Days of Sexual Magicism with sensual movement artist Milica Jelenic is an exploration of tools, processes, and actions that you can use to create more for your life, your body, your money inflows, and so much more. Graduated learning for all levels of interest. Learn at your own pace via video classes or join the yearly live class. Take a peek at www.melitzajelenic.com. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows, along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email, info at MelitzaYelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome, my sweet pleasure seekers. Tonight, we're talking about why am I not interested in having sex with my lover? Why am I not feeling that? And you might have had your hormones checked and they're like, your hormones are normal. You might have gone to a sex therapist or maybe not. You might have gone to a sex therapist and they they might not have considered or thought of talking to you about your internal and external environments and how that's stimulating your nucleus accumbens, but they probably have. So if you've had your hormones checked and that did not make any sense as to why you're turned off, definitely speak with somebody who's either a sex and intimacy coach like myself, or speak with somebody who is um, a sexologist or anybody who's in the field of sex and intimacy as a professional will be able to give you information about this so that you can get down and understand what is going on. You know, before break, I asked you to think about three different scenarios of uh, sex that you really enjoyed and three different scenarios of sex that you really didn't enjoy. And in that, that sort of self-discovery, you can probably start to see that there are some commonalities in the context of the different things that you like. So context is interesting um, because it could be, I'll give you an example. So context would be this. This would be like if you are having a shower and um, your love, you know, your lover knocks on the door and is like, can I come in and uh, join you? And and you, you know, and you have all the time in the world because, you know, there's nobody else in the house and it's, you know, good timing 
for you and you don't have anywhere to be and you might say yes but you could be in the shower and trying to get four kids ready for for school trying to get food made trying to get everything done and all you need to do is like wash your bits and get going and your lover is trying to come in and have a shower with you you might be like for real for real you think now's the time so you can see that it's both shower incidences and both are asking for intimacy and possible intimacy in the shower but the context of the scenario is different right so you might have you know it, it's a very different response which for a lot of people who are in relationship with women in particular because um, internal content like of we actually have more as women as females I should say um, we have more risks involved so you know having babies due to sex is more risky having um, you know there's different things that all fall on extra extra stressors that uh, females carry that males don't carry. And I don't have any research for intersex on that, but you know, if, if you happen to be intersex, but you have um, dominant female genitalia, then you might also have some kind of concern about pregnancy as well. So, but you might have other concerns too about just in general, because um, you know, there's a lot of information out about intersex in general. So that's a whole other side note. But context, let's talk about context. So context is all about the different scenarios, basically, like what's actually going on? What's the context? And, you know, it could even be like, you know, being spanked in the bedroom is great, but being spanked in front of your in-laws, not so great. You know, it's just whatever works for you. It depends on what's going on, right? So we begin to look very complicated, especially females look more complicated. And people are like, why are women so complicated? It comes down to the nucleus accumbens. Why we are so complicated is the nucleus accumbens and the way we respond to internal and external environmental situations and stimuli. So just as a recap, uh, because this, this, even though I didn't, um, even though, uh, yeah, I kind of just went through the parts of the brain and I didn't write this in the description that I was going to be talking about the brain. I like wanted to sneak it in there for all my nerds out there that love talking about brains and love talking about the, all the whys behind stuff. Like, why am I not? attracted to my lover I've tried everything and I don't understand this so so looking at those let's just recap you know those different parts of the brain and the stimuli so if you stimulate the top part of your nuclei nucleus accumbens um, it'll get you curious it'll have you have approach behaviors it'll get you intrigued and interested if you have the bottom part of your nucleus accumbens stimulated um, in a neutral, these are both in neutral environments, then you'll probably feel avoidant. So either approach or avoidant. So top part is approach, bottom part is avoidant. Yeah. And it, so now we're going to do a recap of 
if the bottom nucleus accumbens is stimulated in a safe environment, super safe environment, that's like actually an environment that's enticing, loving, caring, kind, you'll actually start to feel comfortable again. You might even feel over time aroused somewhat um, because there are less stressors. Now, if you are in a super loud, placed in a super loud, stressful environment, even though your top part of your nucleus accumbens is being stimulated, no matter how much they can try and stimulate that, that top part, which is really supposed to be about getting you curious and approachable, um, that even though if you're in an environment that's super stressful, you will not be turned on. You'll actually end up having avoidant behaviors so you'll actually end up giving results as if your bottom nucleus accumbens is being stimulated. Right. So, so what this tells us is that essentially that sensation, you know, in our bodies and how we feel is very context dependent. It depends on the different situations. It depends on the environment and it depends on um, internally what's going on as well. It also tells us that essentially anything can turn you on because if you can be, if you can have that bottom part of your nucleus accumbens be stimulated, which is supposed to create an avoidant behavior. But if you can have that stimulated and feel approachable in a certain environment, in a in a more happier uh, and we know that essentially in the right environment, anything can turn you on. Isn't that the coolest thing though? So changing up our environment doesn't mean that you need to leave your house and have sex in hotels all the time. I mean, it could mean like cleaning out your room. Um, it could mean organizing things. It could mean that you are having a quiet environment, sending the kids away for a day but also dealing with your internal environment where if something's going on and all you're thinking about is how much you resent your partner or you just had a fight, it's gonna take your body a while to be able to bring that stimulation back or be okay with it because you also need to have uh, a level of, well, particularly for female bodies, they need to have a level of, of trust so that there's a sense of safety where you're not feeling like you're going to be abandoned or uh, you know be made pregnant and then somebody takes off on you that sort of thing so relationship can have a huge factor on the comfort level as well and we talked about that last week on the show so you can go back and listen to um, that one where we talked we talked about the sexual inhibitors and sexual exciters and so this is just like a continuation. However, we're talking specifically about the brain and how this works. So it's uh, fascinating stuff. Um, I know there are a lot of different rat studies on the nucleus accumbens. So uh, there are probably, you know, if you're wanting to look up information on that, I'm sure you can go in and find stuff on that. So what can we do to change this stuff? Like if you're really not turned on by your lover, so first of all, we're going to start with those three times where, like, if you had sex at least three times with your lover and they were good, you probably stuck around hoping for more. 
And, but if you never had really good sex with your lover and you stuck around, you might want to ask why that is. Um, were they kind to you at least? Or like, what other, was there something environmental that was really working for you? Like, do they own a yacht and you just love being on a yacht? Like, what is it? So, so you could have, there could be different um, scenarios. So it's important in, in doing some of these self-discoveries to check in with yourself too. And uh, like, what was it about those scenarios that had you turned on? Like, did you trust yourself at the time? Did you trust all your feelings? Did you trust your your partner? And like, did you trust that you were safe? Do you trust your body even? Like, so lots of things to consider. All right, so we're um, just gonna look at a few more things in terms of how we can really get our environment to be conducive to having us be turned on. So external environment, internal environment, what are some of the things that you can start with right away today when we get off the show tonight that you can just, or whenever you're listening to it, when we get off, or when then you can get off, right? So we're trying to create an environment um, that you will be able to be stimulated, happy, um, and evaluate what is it that is going on that isn't working for you and start to take some steps to change it. Because it's one thing to know what the issue is. It's another thing to start to make some changes, right? So we're going to look at uh, some options for that when we come back. You're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network, and I'll be right back after this commercial. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melitza Yelenich where she will entice you and your body to know your own Pleasure Zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for the Pleasure Zone with Melitza every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email info at MelitzaYelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, my sweet, sweet pleasure seekers. Uh, today, we are talking about your brain. I know you didn't think that it's all about your brain, but your pleasure center is in your brain. So we're talking about your nucleus accumbens today. We're talking all about how different environments and different stimuli and different contexts play a role in why you may or may not be so turned on by your lover these days. So... As a little recap, uh, as a little recap, one of the things that I'd like you to think about 
are what are some of the things that you really enjoyed with your lover? And like three things, get details, write them down. <laughs> I know for a fact that my child is on the other side of this wall. Um, so are pretty sure anyway. So I'm not going to give you super great details about the sex with um, my husband, because I don't know that my child wants to hear that. So maybe another day I'll share that with you guys. But let's just say there are environments which are really fun and sexy. And sometimes there are even playful scenarios that can be a lot of fun that you can bring into your life that every once in a while you might tap in and go, remember that time when blah, 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 and we did yada, yada, yada. And, and it just brings back really good laughs and memories. A lot of times you cannot recreate the same environment. You can try, but usually what's happened is it's, you know, been five minutes. So, you know, you have new stressors in your life, you know, whether they're financial or health or relationship or whatever they happen to be, there are new stressors that have come in since the five or 10 minutes ago or 10 years ago that you had these great memories from. So it's not about when you're looking back into these stories that of things that you really enjoyed, it's not about recreating them exactly as they were. It's about getting the essence about what they, what it was that you enjoyed so that you can go, Hmm. What I really enjoyed about that was the spontaneity. What I really enjoyed about that was uh, the playfulness or whatever. So, so some of the environment could even be that it was the warmth, it was the colors, it was the, and internally it could be that there was like um, a newness. It was very exciting. So all those things can play a role, right? And when you've been with somebody ten years, trying to have the newness you'll need to recreate, you'll need to create something different in order to have that newness. So that's when things like checking out my do's, don'ts, and maybes list can come in handy, which you can also get on my website at melitzajelenik.com. So M-I-L-I-C-A-J-E-L-E-N-I-C.com. Uh, you can also get it on the Inspired Choices Network under my host page. And so under the pleasure zone, and you can get that and you can go through some of those things and just see like, what would you like to try? Maybe there's some new ideas on there. It's a pretty vanilla list. Uh, I kept it vanilla because it's for, it's like an entry level to understand what you like and don't like, but it might give you some ideas of things to try so that you can have some newness brought back into your life uh, or brought into your life. So you don't want to necessarily recreate the old because you can't. Um, but what you can do is you can take some of the essence of those things and bring it forward. So playfulness, for example, might be part of it. Um, part of it might be exploration. I I'm just coming up with, I'm trying to like just summarize for me what they would be. And then scenarios of sex that I didn't like um, might be something like uh, lack of connection, rushed, blah, 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 blah. So there might be some other things to talk about, or it could be like um, fear of being caught or something like that. So it could be anything like that. Could also be like, um, just like, if I look really far back, it was like um, disconnection from myself. 
but you can go with what you liked with this the partner that you're with but you can also go with what you uh, liked in general like if you want to get a summary in general of your life but when you're trying to do this with a partner try and stick with the your own partner so that you know and remember what it is that you liked with them and then when you're looking back on what you didn't like you might not have any times that you didn't necessarily not like sex with your partner but you just might have had some blah moments or some super stresses going on where you weren't turned on so it might not have been bad sex it just might have been lack of interest so you can look at that you might have had bad sex in the past so you can write down what it was in detail about what was bad about that for sure um, because that stuff could still be lingering too if it was really bad and it was like abusive then that stuff could still be haunting you to this day where it would be having your body run trauma scenarios all the time which is something that in order to move into the future and have more pleasure you need to get those those things out of your body otherwise it's like being in that super loud environment of like noises and lights flashing and things going off where you're constantly being bombarded trauma is like that but it's internal it's like an internal bombardment so until your body can release that and there's lots of different methods on changing that and releasing it. Um, different breathing methods, movement methods, mind methods as well, uh, like mindset methods. So homeopathics, I don't know, there's many different ways to start to shift out um, traumas. And it's necessary in order to move forward. So if you have had traumas, then definitely that needs to, to be healed in order for you to move forward. And it might not even be that it has to do with your current lover. It could be old, old stuff that's coming up to be healed and they might've triggered it. They might've touched you in some way that reminded you of some time when some pervert decided that they were going to molest you and then your body remembers that. And all it can do now is have that memory connected to your partner now because they touched you in the same way. So bodies, have crazy memory and even if you don't remember it consciously it can sometimes get triggered so it needs to be it needs to be brought up and healed and if you need assistance with that if you need to understand how to let that go hope you'll connect with me or connect with somebody else that you feel comfortable with if it's not me so that you can move forward in life and in order to connect with me find me through melitzajelenik.com that's m-i-l-i-c-a-j-e-l-e-n-i-c.com the chances are you actually love your lover because you're still there, but you just need to have your brain stimulated. Thank you for listening to The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. The Pleasure Zone returns next Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by choosing to be turned on and tuned in to your body.